Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Hello, class. Hello, class. My name is Mr. McConnell with an emphasis on the McConnell. I'm your substitute teacher today for Mrs. Pritchard, who's out with the flu. I'm here to teach you, Mr. McConnell. No, I'm Mr. McConnell. You're the class. I'm here to teach you about history. I heard, I heard that you have a history test tomorrow, and I'm ready to teach you some history to get you prepared. Now... Most of you lazy bums probably are going to fail. So it's up to me, Mr. McConnell, to teach you history. Now, as you may know, this test has an array of different subjects on it. The first topic being covered is grandparents. You all have been studying grandparents for the past two weeks. Now, in your studies, can anybody remember something that grandparents like to do? Raise your hand! Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pipe down, simmer down. Yes. 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 Spoil you? Grandparents spoil you. You're a bunch of spoiled kids. But you're right, Mrs. Pagan. They do spoil you. Anyways, I've brought my handy-dandy computer here to help us learn for the test tomorrow. And this computer is going to show us how grandparents spoil us. So if you would, please turn your attention to the computer as I, Mr. McConnell, teach you a little bit about grandparents. Computer, play the video. I was just flossing my dentures the other day, and my grandson, you know Uh what he did? He scared the bejesus out of me, and I dropped my dentures in the toilet. I get so mad every time they fall in the toilet because I got to get them out and uh-huh. stick them in my teeth. Yeah, right up there. And you can't brush them. I know. Because that's just bad. You got to only brush them once a day or all the white comes off and then you got yellow teeth. So it's this better disgusting. to have a potty mouth. That's what I always say. Okay. <sighs> Bethel. Yes. Bethel, are you ready for our tennis lessons today? I'm so ready. Because I'm sick and tired of my kids back home. So, yes, how many of the worst. tennis you lessons? You literally have the worst children. Hey, 
Those are my grandkids. You be nice to them well, and what you say. You have potty mouth, so and oh. your bread smells like potty mouth. You think that's funny, do you? Okay. Well, well, this is my court, so yes. my rules. You ready? Yep. When you swing the tennis racket, get ready. Up here and then down there. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Man, oh. you know what you put? Stop what? moving what? around. You're making me You're nervous. You're too fast. So what you need to do, you need to put a little more up. Oh, watch out for the floor. <laughs> you right there. So you need to put a little Did more up. Did your knee give out a little bit? Wearing your knee Oh, my knee about to fell out <laughs> right there. Should, should I grunt a little Yeah, you need a little like, grunt. <laughs> Computer! <laughs> Computer, pause the video. Now, as you can see, grandparents are a little bit crazy. Now, I think there's one very applicable lesson that we can take from what computer showed us, and it's about you potty mouths out there. You need to brush your teeth, because I can smell your teeth right now. Now, grandparents are fun, and they do spoil us. Thank you, Mrs. Pagan. But I think we should move on to something else. Everybody knows that we started our semester studying woodland creatures. Creatures of the worldwide forest. But you lazy bums were probably at home YouTubing how to play Minecraft. And that's exactly why you're probably going to fail the exam tomorrow. So it's up to me, Mr. McConnell, to teach you a little thing about woodland creatures. Does anybody remember something that we studied about woodland creatures? More specifically, the type of food they would eat before hibernation. Before hibernation. Anybody? Ah, uh, yes, to Mr. Mitchell, who's failed the seventh grade 42 times. Mr. Mitchell. Carbohydrates. Carbohydrates, that's so good. You only had 42 years to learn that. Thank you. 47. I'm a little crazy in the head. That's what they say. Anyways, please, if you would... Turn your attention to my computer as we learn about the woodland creatures who need to eat their carbohydrates before they hibernate. Computer, play the video. What are you doing in my woods? What are you doing? I've traveled a really long way You're for the carbs. You can't I'm just come in anybody's old woods carbs. and just steal all my carbs. Where? I'm a beaver and eat lots of carbs. Where you know what I mean? the carbs? You got carbs there. You got carbs over there. But you know what? These are my carbs. So you can't just steal them. You know what I mean? Let me tell you a story. What do you got to tell me? The lemurs tell a story of how beavers are made of only carbs. <laughs> so if... 
If I cook you up for dinner, then I ain't I scared of you, monkey. You think monkeys can just come in my forest and do what they want? You can't. Can you climb a tree? You think that's funny? I cut down trees. Mm. Cut them right down with my teeth. Yes. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about your sharp teeth. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Yep. I think you should go over there because I definitely don't see any beaver traps if you go over there. You're and, a beaver trap. Well, I might have said a few to and catch And you smell like a monkey. That's true. Yeah. That is true. I do Feels smell gross. like a monkey. But you know what? You know what? Tell I'm me. sick and tired of you staying in my woods. I want you to leave. Because hmm. this is my beaver woods. Okay, I'm going to slowly back away. But I'm not! Ah, I'm, I'm, stop See, I'm scarier than you. Well, you're stranger than me. I live in, I come from the rainforest. See, I don't really know what I'm doing here in these woods, but... I come from a long land away, and I've never seen a weirder creature than you in those teeth. Do you Computer, pause the video. Now, I don't know what was wrong with that beaver, but it's probably because he didn't get his carbohydrates last spring. I have one thing to tell you. My name is Mr. McConnell, and I'm straight out of pencils. <laughs> My grandson, Jeremy, told me that would work with the younger generation. So thank you for giving me a half-hearted laugh. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are getting out of control. Out of Control. We have one more subject matter to review for the test tomorrow. This next subject matter you have all once been before. Toddlers. Everybody knows that toddlers have a great effect on our nation's economy. What I want to know from you guys is what exactly is it that toddlers do that affects our economy so greatly. Mrs. Ross, I swear if you say something crazy again, it'll be detention for the third time today. So Mrs. Ross, what could be so important that you would raise your hand to interrupt me, Mr. McConnell? It better be good. Toddlers are just really expensive in general because they eat and poop a lot. Great. Thanks for the paragraph, Mrs. Ross. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody knows that toddlers are really expensive because they poop all the time. So, if you would, please turn your attention to my computer is we learn about toddlers <laughs> pooping all the time. Computer, play the video. Hey, Dylan. 
What, Susie? What? What? Mom says you have to change your own poopy diapers. Stop it, Susie. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> Why are you being mean? Guess what, Dylan? What? Stop it! Guess what, Dylan? I'm telling Mom. Mom says... Mom says that you can't go to college because you poop your pants too that, much. That is not true. <laughs> I've been trying to stop. It's hard. It's not funny. Sorry, Dylan. Guess what? What? Mine says you're going to wet the bed forever. Oh. But you always have to sleep on the bottom bunk because you're the bed wetter. Susie, why? Why are you being so mean to me all the time? Because I'm older yeah. and cooler It's not smarter. funny when you do this to me. I'm just trying to play my ball. You want to play catch? I'll be nice. Okay, Susie. Throw it here, Dylan. Please be nice. Computer! Pause the video! Now! I would just like to say that I've done a very good job preparing you, the students, for the exam tomorrow. Now, I'm afraid that I'm going to have to exit class a little early today in order to use the little boys' room. That last lesson got to my nervous system, which infected my bladder system, which you know what happens after that. And remember, remember to stay until the bell dismisses you. It's been a wonderful day with you. I hope you enjoyed me, your favorite substitute teacher, Mr. McConnell. See you later. Well, well, well. Could you guys give a round of applause for Sam and for Becca? Because every because they just made fools of themselves, but <laughs> they made fools of themselves not knowing what your suggestions were going to be. And Sam, the first question I have for you is what was up with that crazy beaver? Well, to be honest, Drake, uh, I didn't know how beef reacted, so I just made a funny noise and went with I it. I like it. It seemed like you were a little out of control, which is awesome, kind of, because tonight's topic that we're talking about is, as you can see behind us, self-control. So, students, I, uh, I respect Sam and Becca a lot. The lives they live are lives that are lived in self-control. And so I'm going to ask them some questions tonight about, uh, about self-control and how that self-control affects our lives. But before I do that, I'm going to read our scripture for tonight. So if you guys would, uh, turn your attention to the screen, not the computer, but the screen with me as I read it. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer, beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. 
So that's our scripture that we're going to be talking about tonight during our groups. And what I want to talk a little bit about right now. So Sam and Becca are going to answer some questions. I'll just throw the questions out there. And you guys can answer as you feel freely. So the first question I have for you is this. And I've, got, I've brought a graphic to associate with every question. So yes. if we can get the first graphic up, I have the first question. The first question is, what do you think it looks like for a Jesus follower to run in such a way as to get the prize? The, the tree? Mm. Boxing glove? Psych! Gotcha. I can't well, wait. as the focus was on the graphic, let me read the question again <laughs> and we can just talk about it. It's, uh, what do you think it looks for a Jesus follower to run in such a way as to get the prize? Um, running for the prize is running with passion. Um, you have to run a race um, with, with direction in your life. Like you, you can't just run, like the verse says, you can't just run aimlessly, which means running whichever way. You have to know what you're focusing on, and what you said is a follower of Jesus is focusing on Jesus. And so that is our passion, that is our goal, that is our aim and our focus. Um, and we have to run in such a way that we're running towards Jesus and not wherever we want to do. Um, that's living a self-controlled life is li- being self-controlled in our focus on Jesus, not being selfish and doing whatever we want to do and running whichever way. Gotcha, cool. Becky, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think kind of what Sam was just saying, but keeping our eyes on the finish line and remembering what our end goal is in the race of life and trying to just focus on getting there. And by focusing on getting there when our eyes are focused there, the whole race doesn't seem to be as long as when we're looking in the distance as everything else that is around us. Cool. I like it. I like it a lot. The second question I have for you guys, and if you guys ever like an answer that they give, feel free to just burst into applause if you agree mm. with the answer that they give. So I guess they agree. Just like that. Just like that. Go crazy. Go crazy. Thanks, Tara. Okay. Tara Axel like that answer. The second Thanks, question Sarah. I have for you guys is this question right here. Oh. Was that for question number one or two? This is for question number two. We're on the, we are shot. on the right track. Literally. Uh, it's, uh, you're getting here. What does it look like for a Jesus follower to go into strict spiritual training? Stop. <laughs> Don't clap for I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to pause. No. Don't clap for no, no. <laughs> Okay, so... So what, is it, what does it look like for a Jesus follower to go into strict spiritual training? Well, I think it's really hard to train on your own. If you're really trying to train for something, um, I feel like you normally ask people to come alongside you and partner with you and either run with you or whatever you're training for, it takes a team to do that. And so I think that's the same with when we're spiritually training. Oh, thanks, guys. This is the team. What this a is team. the team. There our it group, is. our team. They're standing. Wow. Hi, son. Sam, do you want to follow that answer? I'm going to try. You're going to try. Let's see how it goes. Uh, you got to be disciplined, Drake. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will tell yes. you, I will tell you uh, when you can applaud next time and you must stay in your seat. So don't applaud until I say you can now applaud. If they like it or not. If they like it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm nervous. So, for reals though, for a Jesus follower to go into strict spiritual training, you have to be disciplined. You have to be self-control, um, which is not always easy. We have a variety of different things um, that we may want to do or don't want to do. Um, and for, for some of us, that, like, we may not all want to brush our teeth, but we have to do that to keep our teeth clean. And so I might not have the discipline to do that, 
but I just have to do it each and every day. And soon it'll be something that I may not always look forward to do, but I will, I'll just have the habit of doing it, which is a start. Um, and then going from there, learning to love that, learning to love what God is calling us to do. Um, so then you buy your favorite cup or favorite flavor of toothpaste and you, you go for it, mm. you know? Favorite, what's your favorite flavor of toothpaste? Um, I have to use Sensodyne because I got Sensodyne. Don't applaud that. No. Don't applaud that. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Sensodyne. Strict, do you to. use like tutti frutti or strawberry, bubblegum? Yeah, I use kids' Colgate strawberry. Colgate. It's a good choice. Okay, the third question I have for you is what is the future oh. reward for someone who demonstrates self-control in life? So not just right now, in the present, but what is the future reward for someone who demonstra- demonstrates self-control in life? Well, I hope it's more than that $1. Yeah. Good. I really hope so. No, nope, not it's until hard I say you hey! can. No, so with, when we have self-control, it's really, really hard work then. And like Sam was saying, it kind of becomes practice. Things that we have self-control to cut out of our lives and negative things that we were putting in our lives and filling our lives with, when we cut those things out, it becomes second nature. And our lives start to become so much more blessed and godly that that pours out of us. And that is one of our, the blessings that we get to experience here on earth when we have self-control. That was good. Oh, gosh. That was, that was a great answer. That was good. All right, silence for Sam. Silence so, for Sam. Um, I will tell you when you can applaud him. I am definitely not running a race for a dollar, um, but we get an opportunity to run a race for Jesus Christ. And what that means, if we are running for Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ, then that is exactly what we get as our reward. Um, if when we finish the race of life, we get to spend eternity with the creator. We get to spend eternity with the king. We get to spend eternity with someone that loved us so much, not only he made us, but then he died for us. And then he was able to defeat sin and death once and, uh, once and for all on the cross and by raising again. Um, that is a prize worth training for. That is a prize worth fighting for. And that is a prize worth living a self-controlled life. And that, I mean, that, that's worth it to me. So. It is. Do you guys agree? They want that dollar. It's better, it's better than a dollar. It's better than a dollar. Drake, All right. do you have a dollar right now in your pocket? I don't have anything in my pockets. I have anything. Look, they have a dollar. Anybody have a dollar? Bring they your dollar up here. right there. Bring your dollar up here. It's going go, to go to Japan. Oh, he's already got the idea. Look at this. Look well, at only it. him, not yet. Okay. <laughs> Great. Don't well, be t- <laughs> you sh- if it was for me, you should have gave it to me. I say you're welcome, Drake, and give it to people in Japan. You're welcome, Man. Drake. That should make you happy too. All right, I have one. I have one more question. One more question for you guys. The question is this: What do you think our bottom line for tonight means? And you might not know it by heart. So here's our bottom line for tonight: Your discipline in life determines the direction of your life. What do you guys think that means? Your discipline in life determines the direction of your life. Um, what you practice is, is how you're going to play the game. You know, if, you, if, you're not practicing, um, if you're not practicing the things that Jesus is calling us to do, then you're not going to play uh, the game of life um, the way Jesus is calling you to play. And so if, you're, if you want to live a life for Jesus, then you've got you to gotta practice. You've got to practice here at church. You've got to practice at school. You've got to practice at home. And you've got to do that on a regular basis. You've got to do exactly what Becca said. Practice it within a team, within a group. Um, that's why we have things like small groups at church, and then we also have uh, discipleship groups um, that meet um, weekly. It, it, 
you have to spend your time doing those things if you want to reach that end goal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, they really like standing and clapping back there. So when, when you're trying to strive for something and you're trying to get somewhere, you can never get there unless you make that first change. And so deciding, deciding that you're all of a sudden going to change and become a new person or turn over a new leaf or take up a new, um, one of the fruit of the spirits that we've been talking about that you're struggling with, it's going to take work at the beginning and it's going to take discipline. But then your life path is going to be different because of it. And you're going to become a different person. And it's kind of like what you were saying earlier. It becomes easier. It just becomes second nature. But until you take the direction to do that, it's not going to happen. Absolutely. Would you guys give a round of applause to Sam and Becca for answering the questions I had tonight? Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.